The 2023 season just got a little more interesting with James Wood getting promoted to AA Harrisburg. We're going to react to that and also get into when can he crack the major league lineup. We're going to get into all of that and more on today's Locked On Nationals. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and I have taken my passion for this team into podcast form here with the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day. And happy Memorial Day to all those out there. And thank you guys for really anyone out there, a serviceman. We are very thankful for your sacrifice to our country, and we are forever grateful for you guys. So I hope you guys are out there spending the day off, maybe enjoying the time with loved ones and everyone out there as well. But as we get into it, James Wood, the number seven prospect in all of baseball, according to MLB Pipeline, just got promoted from high A Wilmington up to double A Harrisburg with the centers joining for another top prospect, with Robert Hassel in that return for the San Diego Padres trade. But today is not about Robert Hassel. It's about James Wood, because this was a very aggressive move, in my opinion. James Wood has only been in high A A Wilmington so far for this portion of the season. And really to see this jump so far in only 42 games this year, James Wood has killed the ball down in that Wilmington ballpark that is typically not a hitter-friendly ballpark for some reason whatsoever. I haven't been down there, but I do know it is a really tough ballpark to hit in, and James Wood did every bit of that hitting down there. He had a 580 slugging down with Wilmington this year. That was good for a 972 OPS down in Wilmington. Here's the whole portion of this. When talking about James Wood, We know all what he can do. He plays center field, a very good center fielder, I may add. He can run the bases. He's got the power. He's hit for average so far. And again, in his career, he's batting 316. That is an undervalued portion to his game that MLB Pipeline still has him at a 55 hit tool. If you're batting over 300 down in the minor leagues, and I don't care what level you are, that is a hit tool that represents a 60-plus grade, in my opinion. So I believe once they continue to do these updates on MLB Pipeline, and again, other sites have James Wood in that category already, but I use MLB Pipeline because that is the free and available version for everyone out there, so it's really easy to go check this out also on your own. But James Wood, getting the call up this early into his career, again, only 20 years old, being drafted back in 2021, 
he is now on a fast track to the major leagues. Because guess what? What's after double A? Triple A. What's after triple A? The major leagues. And by the James, with the way that James Wood has been hitting so far down in the minor leagues, it's really tough to tell how will they be able to keep this guy down with the production, with the hit tool, the average, everything about James Wood so far down in the minor leagues has been perfection. And I don't say that lightly. It really has been. Check the numbers. He hasn't been inconsistent whatsoever. He has been consistently hitting for power, hitting for average, getting on base, cutting down on the strikeouts, walking a little bit more. He continues to show that he is a force to be reckoned with. James Wood is no longer the, oh, a second rounder that was a cute prospect. Like He's been killing it. This guy is a household name. He's going to be a top five prospect when it's all said and done, probably by mid-June, late July maybe, in that time frame. And I say that because Jordan Walker right now, again, according to MLB Pipeline, is the number one prospect in all of baseball. He's going to get called up once again with the Cardinals. He'll graduate. Then you got Ellie De La Cruz. He's going to get called up. He will be graduated as well by midsummer. Yuri Perez, starting with the Miami Marlins, he will be graduating as well within the next month or month and a half or so. That will put James Wood not only in the top five, but at number four in all of baseball, again, still as a 20-year-old. He's not the type of prospect that Jackson Holiday is, who right now sits at number three. He's going to be the number one prospect in all of baseball when it's said and done. But James Wood is knocking on that door just from what he has done. And it really brings up the question, how long away is he from the major leagues? Because with the Nationals right now, as we know, the Nationals really aren't that far off when you consider everything. They got the number two overall pick in the draft this year. They're going to be drafting a college bat or a college arm. Both those guys, whoever they pick, is it Dylan Cruz, Wyatt Langford, or Paul Skeens? All three of those guys will be on a fast track to the major leagues. About a year and a half of development, I'd say. If that. If that, really. But James Wood is now knocking on the door, not just for the opening day lineup in 2024, but he is now knocking on the door for a potential September call-up. And I say that because if the way that we think Mike Rizzo thinks, he could be called up by mid to late September for a few games. Get a few at-bats, get his feet wet in the major leagues, get a cup of coffee, whatever you want to say, whatever analogy is out there. But James Wood is now on that track, and I have to give credit to Next Gen Stats. They pulled this up, and I think this is really noticeable for a lot of different things. So far, with all the big prospects that Mike Rizzo has alluded to over his career, Juan Soto only played eight games above A-ball. Victor Robles played 37. Anthony Rendon played 57. Bryce Harper, 58. Carter Keboom, 81. Michael Taylor, 110. Trey Turner leads the way with 116 games above a ball. Now, here's the little image with that. Juan Soto, Victor Robles, Anthony Rendon, Bryce Harper, all four of those guys who played the least amount of games above a ball were also in contention with those teams. And yes, that 2018 Nationals team was absolutely a contender at that point when Juan Soto was called up. So it's a little bit of a different situation. 
And you may ask, Ryan, well, what do you think? When do you think James Wood should be called up? Or when do you think he could be called up? I do think it is an outside chance that he is in the major leagues by late September. A late September call-up. You know how that goes. Victor Robles did that in 2017 and 2018. But now we sit here. I think he should be called up to the major leagues for a cup of coffee for maybe two weeks or so. Maybe an injury pops up. You get James Wood back there. But only under one circumstance is that he has to be killing the baseball the way that he has been down in the minor leagues. I'm not rushing anybody up because we're not winning this season. I'll say that again and again and again out here. We are not winning this season. It's not about right now. It's about on the future. So if you want to leave James Wood down, let him develop continue to soak in all those different things that goes into developing prospects, the Nationals should continue that course. But if they do believe that he is ready to make that jump, absolutely. Call him up in September, see what happens, see what he can do. Because at this point, no matter what, getting called up in A by May, because I was thinking it was going to happen by June around this time, but even then it happened in May. You got called up a month earlier than a lot of people expected. He was only playing in 40-some-odd games down in the minor leagues in high A as a 20-year-old and just killing the, ripping the cover off the baseball. That is what it's about. And now it brings up all the questions in the world of when and should he be called up to the major leagues. And we've seen it with Rizzo before. He called up Juan Soto straight from double-A. I believe he played two games in triple-A, and that was about it. They saw enough. They called up the 19-year-old, and the rest was history. I don't think Mike Rizzo will use that same knowledge as James Wood right now, just because James Wood is a also a much more prized prospect than Juan Soto was at that point. But even further than that, the Nationals are in a completely different situation. Mike Rizzo, Davey Martinez, and the decision makers, they know where they sit. They're not winning the World Series this year. They're not making the postseason, unfortunately, this year either. So there's no reason to rush this guy up into the major leagues up to this point. But again, if they feel as if he's ready, you have to make that call. You have to make that decision for Davey Martinez and Mike Rizzo and the rest of the crew. You can guys can catch tonight's game against the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Washington Nationals tonight at 9-10. You can always check out the Nats hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals. Again, check that out. You'll even hear a little Locked On Nationals promo if you're listening in live there. But before we get into a national stock report, because it is a Monday after all, and we do get some stock ups and stock downs as it was quite a week for the Washington Nationals for some guys. There are also two guys that were not too great in the month of May. So we're going to get you a national stock report. Again, who's hot and who's not. That's your best up to speed on the Washington Nationals and everything you need to know. But before we do that, I got to tell you guys about our friends over at Built Bar. 
Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever, and that's Built. You got to try it. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars are Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing, you won't think they're good for you. You got to try this. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can put up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or my favorite, coconut puff. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of our hit flavors, brownie batter puff and churro puff. Guys, as always, thank me later. Now we get back into it with a Nationals stock report as it was an up and down week as obviously the Nationals played the Kansas City Royals. It was a tough ninth inning stretch there for Chad Cool and Dominic Smith there in that loss to avoid. Well, not to avoid. We could have had a sweep for the first time in a few years. Obviously, that did not happen. But again, winning two of three against the Royals, I'll take that any day of the week. So let's start up with a stock up. Mr. Joey Manessis. And in the last seven games, he has a 345, 441, and 414 slash with six RBIs, two doubles, no home runs. But again, we're starting to see Joey Manessis heat up the way that we expected him to at opening day. Joey Manessis had a slow start. He wasn't having the extra base hits. He doesn't really have the home run power that he had in the second half of last season. But again, He's starting to turn a corner. He's starting to prove that he's not just some one-hit wonder. This guy is a hitter, and we have seen that throughout his years in the minor leagues, the 10 years that he spent down in the minor leagues. He has been a hitter wherever he has gone, and you're starting to see Joey Manessis pick it up, get those numbers up, because, again, his batting average is sky high at this point. Joey can get the bat on the ball. That's not a question, but it's a matter of getting power and extra base hits, which he has done. We could call Joey two bags if we really wanted to. That doesn't really work out, does it? Now we have a stock down for Alex Call. Alex Call has a 147, a 236, and 206 slash in his last nine games. I like Alex Call because I see him and he's a battler up there. And that may just kind of fly over people's heads and say, I don't care. I want to see results, which I'm a results guy as well. But when you have quality at bats, he works counts. He gets his pitches. He fouls off a ton of stuff. It's just the way he is. He's a scrappy baseball player, and that is his strength, in my opinion. But again, you have to produce at the end of the day at the play, especially if you're going to get a lot of opportunities. And he, while he has had a lot of opportunities up in the major leagues, with Victor Robles being down in the I.L., that's probably going to be coming to an end for Alex Call. As Lane Thomas has solidified himself, that's his spot in the corner outfield. When Victor Robles comes back and he's healthy, Alex Call will likely be seeing the bench just a little bit more. A stock up. Former closer, Kyle Finnegan. This is a little bit of a hot one. Not a lot of people are thrilled with Kyle Finnegan. But let's look through the month of April. The month of April was a disaster for him. So far in the month of May, 
In 11 innings pitch, he's only had two earned runs. That was good for a 1-6-4 ERA. He's only given up one home run. He's had 13 strikes to five walks. I'd like to see him lower the walks down just a little bit as we have seen that hurt him time and time again throughout his career. But again, if you're striking out more than a batter per inning for a closer, for a setup man, for really anything, you're limiting the home runs, getting outs on your own. And again, the results are there. 11 innings pitched so far in the month of May, and he has looked very good, in my opinion. You're starting to see the old Kyle Finnegan, the Kyle Finnegan that ended off last year really hot as the closer for the team. I think we're going to start seeing that Kyle Finnegan again, and I wouldn't look past this. Davey Martinez and Mike Rizzo could appoint Kyle Finnegan as the closer once again because Hunter Harvey, as we've wanted to see it, he hasn't really been getting it done. And Kyle Finnegan, on the other hand, has starting to look a little bit better. While the bullpen is crumbling, Kyle Finnegan has kind of been there, and he's been a rock out of that ball bullpen or the arm pen, whatever you want to call it. Stock down from Mr. Stone Garrett. Listen, Stone Garrett, he's had a lot of opportunities so far in the month of May. In 55 at-bats, he's only had one extra base hit with 21 strikeouts and a 236 slug again in the month of May. Stone Garrett, I love the idea of it. I love the idea of someone who has 110 mile per hour exit velo. I love the idea of the analytics hero that Stone Garrett has kind of been so far. But when you are paid to be a power hitter, when you are paid to put the ball in the red seats out in left field of Nationals Park, and you're not doing that, then you are getting a stock down on the stock report. And I say that because that is his job. I can deal with the strikeouts. If, but if you are not going to hit for power, if you aren't going to clear the bases with all these opportunities that you have had, then you will be getting a stock down. I still like the idea of Stone Garrett because he does have power. And it's true raw power that this team lacks. But he's not getting the job done with the opportunities that have been given to him. And Alex Call is in the same boat as him. But again, Alex Call is in a lower category, in my opinion. He's just kind of your scrappy ball player. Stone Garrett is a power bat. He's supposed to hit home runs. And it is tough to hit home runs and hit for power consistently when you don't have enough playing time, which has seemed to be an, an issue so far for Stone Garrett so far. But again, you have to hit for power. You have to hit for doubles. You have to hit home runs and drive runners in, and he has not done that up to this point. Stock up one last time for C.J. Abrams. In the month or in his last seven games, he's got a 500 slugging percentage, three doubles, and a home run. C.J. Abrams is kind of the baby of this team, if you know what I'm saying. He's still learning. He's still developing. He is not even close to being a finished product. But I say this time and time again. He's not going to draw his walks. That's not the player that he is. He's not going to strike out a ton either. But what he has to improve on is start stretching singles into doubles. And when he gets on base, he's got to be aggressive. Is Davey Martinez the one holding him back? I don't know. Is CJ the one holding himself back? Who knows? 
But at the end of the day, the last week, C.J. Abrams has been getting that job done, improving that slugging percentage. And really, he's gotten hits in about six of his last seven games, which is also a good sign of positivity for the young 22-year-old shortstop. And you're starting to see it click for him a little bit more as you see him set his feet during throws over from short to first base. Dominic Smith is no longer having to bail him every few plays. But at the end of the day, he will be getting the job done as he is continuing to develop and as he continues to get better. I think you're starting to see a much better version of C.J. Abrams. The C.J. Abrams that we all expected to see from opening day. Again, you guys can catch tonight's game as the Nationals play the Los Angeles Dodgers in L.A. at 9-10 Eastern time. Trevor Williams on the bump as we're about to preview that entire series because it could be a rough one, but catch every pitch of the Nats hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. And before we get a little break here, we're going to talk about these Nationals Dodgers series as Trevor Williams goes on tonight. Jake Irvin goes tomorrow night and then followed by a Patrick Corbin start on Wednesday afternoon and it could be a little bit of a tough one for the Washington Nationals I'll answer that right after this now we get into previewing the Los Angeles Dodgers versus the Washington Nationals series here on Monday through Wednesday of May 29th through the 31st the last series of May, which is insane to say the least, because I can't believe it's already May. Two months of baseball have already passed. I believe that's only four months left of baseball in my mind, if the math is right. That's sad. But tonight, Trevor Williams going up against the Los Angeles Dodgers. And here's the thing. Trevor Williams hasn't been, as I was looking, or I'm not going to lead the witness here. Trevor Williams in Five starts against Los Angeles Dodgers has a 5-6-7 ERA. Now you're going to say, it's the Dodgers and it's Trevor Williams. Trevor Williams is not on the level as the Dodgers are. They have all-star after all-star after all-star. MVP candidate after MVP candidate after MVP candidate. I know. But again, a 5-6-7 ERA in five starts. And then you have Jake Irvin going up tomorrow night, who has been struggling recently. Let's call it as it is. He's been struggling really poorly over the last few starts. And then you have Patrick Corbin, who has a 4-3-7 ERA in 22 starts, which isn't that bad. It's not terrible at all. But we know this with Patrick Corbin. We know that against a tough team, a tough lineup like the Los Angeles Dodgers, this is the lineup that could kind of expose his weaknesses that we have seen. And it's kind of been blanketed by a lot of good performances over the last few weeks. He's keeping his slider down, which is always a good thing. I want to see that slider that he throws in the dirt. It should never be in the strike zone because guess what? When it's in the strike zone, they put it in the seats. We've seen it time and time again. And I think that has been the key difference with Patrick Corbin starts so far. But again, tonight, Trevor Williams going up against the Los Angeles Dodgers. And who's on the mound against us? It's there. One of their number one prospects, Bobby Miller. You might not know a lot about Bobby Miller, but Bobby Miller has been, one, very solid in his one start up with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And two, 
He's been a very high prospect for a while. A first-round pick back in 2020 out of the University of Louisville. He's only 24 years old. He's got an electric fastball that's going to sit in the upper 90s, and you're going to see a ton of breaking pitches. He's got swing and miss potential out the you-know-what. This guy is legit, Bobby Miller. And when I say that, he is legit. Back at that deadline in 2021, could have the Nationals gotten Bobby Miller instead of Josiah Gray? I don't think the the Los Angeles Dodgers were willing to give up Bobby Miller just because of the prospect that he was at that point. He wasn't the big name that Josiah Gray was, but they also saw the stuff, and his stuff plays. When the Dodgers take a pitcher in round one, just look out. They know what they're talking about. They know what they are getting into as they develop these guys like we grow trees in a forest. It's different for them. They find it easy. But it's also not just that because they got their lineup, a loaded lineup too, if I may add. And that could be an issue with Trevor Williams again tonight as this is a tough team. It's a tough Dodgers lineup. And again, a lot of these batters have had a lot of success against Trevor Williams. Freddie Freeman, the guy we know so much about. In 13 at-bats, he's got a 385 batting average. There's guys like J.D. Martinez who scare the you-know-what out of me. Max Muncy, in five at-bats, he's got three hits. He's got an RBI. There's a lot of different things that could go wrong tonight for the Washington Nationals. If you avoid Freddie Freeman... And again, if you avoid Jason Hayward, someone who's kind of revitalized his career with the Dodgers, if you avoid Max Muncy, all left-handed bats, that could really do harm to this team. But especially Freddie Freeman. He is a Nationals killer. He's been a Nationals killer back since 2010 or 2011 when he was called up to the big leagues. Nothing has changed since he has joined the Dodgers. Stay away from Freddie Freeman. Stay away from Freddie Freeman, even more so than Jorge Soler with the Marlins. Stay away. Don't pitch to Freddie Freeman tonight. Walk him. Do whatever you can. If there are runners on base, give him the bases. Give him a bases loaded, intentional walk to Barry Bonds Freeman. I'm not having Freddie Freeman kill it for us tonight because the Nationals don't have their three best arms going tonight. It's Trevor Williams going up against Bobby Miller, who's by the way, a very tough matchup. And again, none of the Nationals have faced them, none to my belief, down in the minor leagues either. So it's going to be a tough, tough series for the Nationals to win. If you can jump on this young guy tonight, this is probably going to be the start for the Nationals to actually win and have some big-time success in that tonight. But again, you can catch tonight's game at 9:10 Eastern Time over on the SXM app. Just search Nationals as the Nationals get ready to take on the Los Angeles Dodgers, which is always, always a scary series for me. I'll talk, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow on the flip side as I thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. Hopefully the Nationals get a little luck in the West Coast. I'll talk to you guys on the flip side. You have a good one. Go Nationals.